Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. I search the world, but it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in your
Because this is a day that we come together and we worship. And it's especially a great day today because we're getting to worship together with our kids and with our, our families all together in a time of worship. That's not something that we normally do and, and Kid Town's usually up and going. But today is a day that we, we've brought the family together for worship. And as we've done that, it's, it's special that that's happening on the day that we start this brand new series that is um, a series that's called That Follow Thing, and it's a series that's all about what it means to follow Jesus, and it's a series that's all about the church and being the church that the church is supposed to be. And I, as our kids are in here, I started thinking about back when I was a kid, and, and I was a kid in church and learning about different things, and there was something that I learned when, when I was a kid that maybe you did too, and it, it was kind of this little rhyming thing that was about the church, and it had these little hand motions that went with it, and, and you probably remember it, and you've probably learned it, and it goes like this. Here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up, and there's all the people, right? That, here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up, there's all the people, and, and that kind of defined church for us right there, and then a little later on in life, I heard another rendition of the same thing that went something like this, here's the church, here's the steeple, open it up, and where's all the people across the street? There is a bar, open it up, and there they are. <laughs> so that's one for your kids to practice in the back seat today. You're welcome for that. But here's the thing when it comes to that definition of church for us. For a lot of us, we hung on to that. And it has stayed with us, and, and we tend to think of church as the building, you know, as the place that's got the steeple on top of it. Or, or we do think of the church as people, but it's only the people of God when they're inside that church on Sunday morning, and the rest of the time they're just regular people, but for that hour they're church people, God's people. Well, during this series called That Follow Thing, my hope is that we're going to break all that down, and make that all disappear, because that's not what it means to follow Jesus. And as we do that, we're going to spend a lot of our time in the book of Acts. And I'm excited about that because um, as I've thought about it, I, I think my favorite book in the Bible might very well be Acts. At one point, I had the, the whole book memorized, and that was a long time ago, and, and it would take some effort, but I could probably piece lots of it together in my head, but that's not why it's my favorite book of the Bible it's my favorite book because it's the origin story of us. It's how the beginning of the church happened. It's the invention of the church by God. It's, it's how the church started to spread 
all over the world. And for me, that's a, that's a big deal because I've grown up in the church. I don't really remember any part of my life that didn't involve the church, and I know that's not true for everybody. There's some of us who are here where that is a pretty good description for you, but there's some of us who are here that maybe you went to church when you were a kid because people made you go to church, and then you got old enough that you decided to give it up and, and just kind of walked away from all that for a while, and, and now you're kind of investigating back. There's others of us who, um, we're here seasonally. We're here for certain seasons of life, and there are seasons that remind us to go back to church and then we kind of disappear for a while. There's others of us who are here, and we're just kind of investigating. It's kind of the first time that we've stepped across that threshold and started to kind of figure some things out or, or try to figure some things out about Jesus and church and all that kind of stuff. And, and so there's lots of us who are here from lots of different backgrounds. But for me, I've had a, a pretty healthy and meaningful experience of church my whole life. But that doesn't mean that that healthy and, and meaningful experience of church looked the same every step of the way. In fact, there were lots of changes. You see, I, I grew up in a church and in a time when uh, men wore suits and ties to church on Sunday morning and women wore dresses and that's just the way it was. I grew up in a church where we all sat in pews and we were in a building that did have a steeple on top of it. I grew up in a church that had a choir that was standing in the back of the stage every single Sunday and they all wore matching robes and the color combination of, that, of those robes were up for debate about every 10 years. And that choir was there because they were gonna sing a special song a song that they had practiced and rehearsed over and over and over again at Wednesday night choir practice because that always happened on Wednesday night too. And I grew up in a church that had Sunday school and children's church and Sunday night church and youth group. But then things changed. And they were hard changes that happened. They were important changes, but what I found out over time, looking back, is that there were people that felt offended, people that I dearly loved who were offended by some of the changes that took place, and yet they were changes that were necessary so that people that I didn't even know yet could come to know Jesus. One of those big changes that happened was music. And there was a point back in the 80s or 90s where we started singing choruses off of a screen instead of hymns out of a book that came out of the back of the pew. And we started to hear guitars and drums. And we started to be okay with people wearing clothes other than suits and ties to church on Sunday morning. And we started to meet and talk about Jesus in smaller groups of people in, on days other than Sunday morning and in places other than the church building. And if you've been in church for like just the last decade or so, those don't seem like really big changes and what's the big deal, but I gotta tell you that at the time that all of those changes were taking place and some of you lived through them, those were painful changes and they were divisive changes, especially for people who had only done church one way for a really, really long time. Now, ever since then, there have been some small changes that have happened along the way. And then a year and a half ago, changes were forced on us by, by our global situation. And so oddly, as I was getting ready for this series, and I was getting books down to, to read through and study and reread and I started pulling books off of my bookshelf that were all about how the church works and how the church functions and, and, and why certain things happen in the church and how that's supposed to look. And every one of those books on my bookshelf had been written before 2020. And as I read through them and I started to dive into some of the content, I realized that a lot of the details and a lot of the information that was there felt 
outdated and disconnected because they spoke to a world that had not yet gone through a global pandemic like what we have gone through in the last 18 months. And things have changed. And and I I don't want to go through and list off all the things that have changed, but let's just say that the climate and the culture and society and life has changed. But just like what I experienced back in the 80s and 90s when the methods of things changed and the church changed and the church adapted and the church found out that it could be pretty nimble when it was necessary. Things changed quickly here. So what do we have now? Well, now we we have the experience that we're all in right now where we're gathered together live and in person And yet at the same time right now, as I look through that lens right there, there are people who are watching online in different parts of our community and and different parts of our country and even different parts of our world right now simultaneously with us, worshiping with us together. That's a change. As we're heading into this life group time that we've emphasized during this whole series, we're even working on having uh, online life groups that are up and going where people can, can join together online, even our groups that meet in people's homes or that meet here uh, during the week or on Sunday morning uh, have the ability, if necessary, to, to meet watching a screen and, instead of everybody in the same room. And if, if you come to church and you want to find out some things about church, that there's kind of a new way to do all of that. We have our our First Christian Church app, and if you have that on your phone and you click on it, this is what would come up. And as that comes up, if if you were here maybe for your first time or uh, the first time that you kind of want to let somebody know that you're here and and you just want to find out some more information about church, you could go onto that app and you could click Welcome to FCC. It's not that fancy of a TV where it will do that. But you could click Welcome to FCC, and as you did that, it, it would take you to this form you could fill out and just your name and phone number and email address so we can get in touch with you and and help you kind of connect in the ways you want to connect. Or maybe you're saying, hey, I want to serve around here. I want to find a way that I can serve where I can volunteer. And so you would simply look for this little volunteer button with all the hands that are up and you click on that button and it takes you to this form that you fill out where you can tell us a little about yourself, but also it lists off all the different places where you could serve, including, and we talked about this last week, one of the big, you know, needs that we have is for um, our, our toddler area and our preschool area in Kidtown. And so maybe you're a parent in here and, and you're dropping your kids off. Did, did you know that we need help back there because we have so many who are coming. We have space to open up more rooms for those kids to, to be, but we need more volunteers to make sure we have those rooms covered. And so you could volunteer right there in, in the app. Or maybe you're here and you hear about life groups and you want to become part of a life group and maybe you've missed the push that we've been making over the last month. You could just click on this little life group button that's right here and it would take you to a form that you could fill out and show you all the groups and all that kind of stuff and we'll get you put into a group. Or, or maybe you're here and you've got a middle schooler, you've got a high schooler, you want to know about um, all the things that are going on for middle school and high school and how you can kind of connect with our student ministry. You just click this little elevate student ministry button and it'll show you all of that and give you the ability to connect. And all of that happens right there on your phone. Now, for those of us who have been in the church for a while, we're scurrying around looking for the little postcards and the little miniature golf pencils, okay? Because that's how we sign up for stuff. We've spent our whole life going to a table and filling out a form to sign up for something or to, to get information from somebody, and now it's all on the phone. And so if, if you're kind of with us recently, that doesn't seem like that big of a change, but for those of us who grew up with the little miniature golf pencils that we also knew as the church pencils, man, that, this is a huge change. And so it got me thinking that I have a whole new reason that I'm excited about this series and about today. And that is that there's all kinds of new ways of doing things. And so instead of standing up here and kind of letting you know, here's why we do what we've always been doing, or here's why we continue to kind of press on this way, and here's what we do that kind of connects with what we read about in Scripture, I've had to look at all of this with fresh eyes. And as I've looked at it with fresh eyes, what I've come to realize is that why we do what we do 
has never, ever changed. There have been methods that have changed in my lifetime. There have been methods that have changed in the last 18 months. And yet why we do what we do as we follow Jesus has never changed. When it comes to following Jesus as individuals, something that the Bible calls being a disciple or being a Christian, or when it comes to following Jesus collectively, something the Bible calls the church, knowing why directs all the hows and directs all the what's, no matter what year it is or what season it is or what decade it is or what century it is. So as we go into this series, that follow thing, we're gonna talk about what it means to follow Jesus, but following Jesus is made up of all kinds of different things. But when you tell somebody that you're going to church, or you tell somebody that you're you're part of a church, what they immediately think of is this moment right here that we're in. What they immediately think of is this hour that we spend on Sunday morning. What they immediately think of when they hear about church is this thing we do right here. This thing that we do on Sunday. This thing that we do in this building. This thing that we do for one hour on Sunday morning. Now, it's not all that we do as followers of Jesus, but it is a significant thing that we do. Because this thing that we're doing right now is how some people started to follow Jesus. And this thing that we're doing right now is also where many of us get refueled and recharged to follow him for the week ahead. And still for others of us, it's, it's where we invite people to learn about following Jesus. And, and it all connects back. It's not any mystery. It's not any different than what we read about in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, here's what we read in that verse. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. To, to, to teaching, to fellowship, to communion, to prayer. We, we do all of those things during this time that we spend together every single Sunday. 2,000 years later, and following still involves this thing that we do right here that we call worship. But if you're not careful, this thing that we do isn't really about following Jesus. See, if we're not careful, this thing that we do is just about getting it done. It's just about checking a box. It's, it's just about satisfying some event that popped up on your calendar on your phone. So why are we here? Why are we doing this right now? And, and I don't just mean today, but whenever we gather together and whenever we do this, why are we doing this? You see, no matter what changes come about, the why has to be consistent. Part of why we get to a place where this just ends up being routine, and part of why we get to a place where it feels like we're just checking a box, and part of why we get to a place where maybe we even think of this thing that we do as really, really boring, it's not so much about the changes or the content or the instruments or the songs that we pick, or the lights, or the sound. It's about why we're here. And sometimes, we forget why we're here. Sometimes we forget why we do this thing we do. So breaking it down, whether it's hymns or worship songs, whether it's voices or pianos or organs or guitars or drums, whether it's a sound system and lights, an amazing tech team to pull all of that off, or whether we're gathering out in a park somewhere where there's no sound system and we have to kind of shout a little bit just to be heard by everybody. 
Why do we do this? Why do we do what we do? Well, we do what we do first and foremost to glorify God. And when we, when we walk into this moment, when we walk into this setting, we walk in to glorify, to worship, to praise God. And when it's singing, when it's praying, when it's listening, it is about bringing glory to God. It is about worshiping him. It is about lifting up the name of God, the creator. Matthew talked about that in a moment that he caught in the life of Jesus and wrote down for us in Matthew 22. The Pharisees were coming at Jesus again, and here's what we read. The Pharisee got, Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And so we come together to love God with everything we've got. And so when Mark Malone pours over the songs that we're going to sing on a Sunday morning or the arrangements that we're going to use for those songs, and when our communion speakers are preparing their words that they're gonna share or when our tech team is kind of working through what the light package is gonna look like for that Sunday or what camera angles are gonna get used or, or when I'm preparing my words through the week at the forefront of all of our minds in the midst of that is getting all of us to that place where we are glorifying God. Getting all of us to that place where we are here to worship and to love God with everything we've got. Bob Russell writes this, he says, the primary reason for attending a church service should be to worship God. Worship is more than just singing a few songs, performing a few rituals, and enduring a sermon. Thanks for that, Bob. We come to experience the presence of God, to acknowledge his authority in our lives, and to worship him as our creator. Now, I, I know that Sundays, and specifically Sunday morning, can be a lot for us. It's a lot because it's a lot to get moving in the morning. It's amazing how we can get up for work on time every day of the week and up for school on time every day of the week, but for some reason on Sunday it all just falls apart. And then we're trying to get ready and we're trying to get the kids ready, and that ends up taking a lot longer than we expected. And then there's breakfast that has to get ready and maybe breakfast ends up being a drive-through or breakfast ends up being something that we throw at everybody in the van on the way to church. And maybe it's, it's a, a day where you know, everybody's just tired and they're tired from the week that they've had or they're tired about the week that's coming. And, and so some grumbling starts to happen in the van and maybe there's a little fight and skirmish that breaks out and you try and get that all sewn up by the time you get into your parking space in the parking lot, but sometimes you just have to hit pause in the parking lot and tell everybody to smile like they're happy and you walk into church. But even when you walk in, you're already thinking about what's on the other side. Because we're starting to think through lunch and where we're gonna go for lunch and maybe who we're gonna go to lunch with and we're thinking about the rest of our day and how that needs to kind of match up and what the weather's gonna be like and where we can kind of fit that part into our day and suddenly as we're thinking about all of those different things, we end up walking into this setting and into this moment without hearts and minds that are actually ready to worship God. But a significant part of us doing what we do is each of us, including you, having in mind as we walk in that we are here to glorify God. But this thing that we do on Sunday is not just about a vertical relationship that we have with God, it's also about this horizontal relationship that we share right here. We do what we do, yes, to glorify God, but also to inspire 
worshipers. And it may not always connect, and it may not always seem like it, but every time that I sit down to prepare a message, and every time that I sit down to study and read, and every time that I sit down to write, and every time I sit down later in the week to rewrite, and sometimes completely rewrite everything that I had written on Tuesday, I have specific people in mind. And it's not necessarily that it's specific names and faces, but it's specific groups of people. Because sitting in the room today and watching online today are people who have been in church their whole life, just like me. But there's also people who are just investigating who Jesus is and what this is all about. And there's also people who are here who are skeptical and are kind of looking for something that turns out wrong. And gathered together in, in this group are, are people who have had a really rotten week. And, and there's also our students who are with us who have had a barrage of ideas thrown at them over and over and over again all week long and then here comes more. And there's also the couples who are with us, some of whom are having a great relationship right now. And other couples are in relationships that are broken. And there's hurt that exists. And God's word and his truth speaks to all of those people. And so it's kind of silly for us to pretend when we walk in the door like everything's fine and tell everybody to hit pause in the fight that's happening in the van and put on a brave face and tell everybody you're fine no matter what's really going on because what's really going on is why you're here. What's really going on is something that God wants to speak into your life and inspire you right where you are in your life. And together, when we come together, we inspire each other as we participate in worship together. It's what Paul was getting to in Romans chapter 12, and we read this passage for a lot of different reasons, but if we put it all together, here's what we start to see. Paul said, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then a little bit later in the same chapter, he says, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many form one body and each member belongs to all the others. And so when we come together, sometimes it's a song, or sometimes it's a prayer, Sometimes it's just a quiet moment that happens in the service for you. Sometimes it's a conversation that happens during our fellowship time in the commons. Sometimes it's just being in a room of people that you know and love. Sometimes it's an announcement that gets made that tells you about a next step that you can take in your faith, but there's something in what we do here that inspires you to know that you're not alone. And it inspires you to know that you've got more going on and that there's more to you than the stuff that was clouding your mind and your heart when you walked in today. But can I tell you a, a why why we do this thing we do that has become clearer and clearer to me and, and has actually been raised up for me a, a great deal in the last couple of months, especially with all the changes and all the adjustments and all the nimbleness that's been necessary. This thing that we do, it, it glorifies God. 
this time that we spend for an hour on Sunday. And this thing that we do, it inspires worshipers, but we do what we do to share Jesus. And and it's not just the words that are spoken or sung on, on this stage, but it's about all of it. It's about all the pieces that we are all in together. It's about your participation and your involvement in this thing that we do that shares Jesus. And Jesus told us that this is what we would do and why we would come together even before we came together. John chapter 12, which is a long way away from Acts chapter 2. So there's a lot of stuff that's got to happen before we get to the beginning of the church. And yet Jesus said this. He said, but I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw men to myself. And Jesus is the centerpiece to why we sing. Jesus is the centerpiece of what we sing about. He's the centerpiece of what we teach and what we preach. He's the centerpiece of communion. He is the centerpiece of every prayer that we pray. When we worship, when we do this thing that we do, it's for him, and it's for us, and it's for others. See, when Jesus is exalted, people are attracted to him. When Jesus is lifted up, he draws men and women to himself. Sally Morgenthaler wrote a book called Uh, worship evangelism. And in that book, she said this. Worship is the most powerful tool we have for satisfying the hunger of famished, injured souls, for breaking down spiritual strongholds of pride and unbelief, and for ushering in the gift of true joy. When we do what we do, these incredible things are available for people who are yet to know the joy of Jesus. In the same book, she she said this, the most powerful thing non-Christians can see is people worshiping. Worship shows people who God is. I can't tell you how many times non-Christians have said, here's what they've said, I don't know what this is, something's going on inside. Like God's knocking on their heart's Door. We see this unfold in the church, and it goes all the way back to Acts chapter 2. What we see when we read Acts chapter 2 is a church that was following together. And when they were doing what they were doing, and they were doing it together, as that took place, here's what we read and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. There were people who were learning about Jesus through the worship of Jesus' followers. So let me close today with this. Let me just ask you this question. If we do what we do, right here on Sunday morning, right here for this hour, if we do what we do to glorify God, to inspire worshipers, and to share Jesus, then what do you need to change about this thing that we do called worship? What do you need to change so that all of those parts are what we do together. Because it's quite clear in scripture that when we get this right, God does amazing, chilling, and beautiful things. It's just doing what he called us to do. It's actually doing what he did while he was walking among us. It turns out that this thing we do that we call worship, it's simply a follow thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father,
God, we thank you for the church and we thank you for those moments that uh, we are inspired and those moments where your name is shared, but we thank you for those moments when we simply get to come together and worship and praise and glorify you. And God, there are times when we just go through the motions and there are times when it becomes routine and maybe some of us are in that time right now. God, would you just help us? Help us to set aside those distractions that take us away from why we're really here. Would you help us as we kind of continue to go through and begin to see all of the details that are involved in, in, in what it means to follow you, would you help us to start right here in this moment that we have together that we could glorify you, worship you, and praise you and inspire each other and share Jesus simply through our unbridled hearts of worship. God, we thank you that we have a reason to worship you after what you have done for us, after the sacrifice of love that has been expressed through Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. You know, this morning, there may be some of you here who don't know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. And in, in this moment, this, this may be a moment where God is, is calling to you and you can sense that there is just this need for you to follow Jesus, to say yes to him, yes to his love, his grace, his forgiveness, to be baptized in his name. And this may be that moment for you. And if it is, I just want you to know that we welcome you to walk right down these aisles. There'll be people here to talk with you and pray with you, answer questions for you about that decision. Maybe, maybe you want to be part of this collection of people who are trying to follow Jesus. And we'd love to have you be a part of First Christian Church. Maybe you have questions about that and the folks will be here to answer those questions and pray with you about that as well. But we have a moment that we're gonna have where we get to continue in worship and we get to participate together in worship and we get to do this thing that we do to glorify God and to inspire worshipers and to share Jesus. So I'm gonna ask us to stand this morning right where you are. And again, if today is a day that you need to make a decision, we invite you to come. But for those of us who are here, even if it's been cloudy until this moment, may we just enter into this time of worship and praise to our God, to our creator, to our savior. And glorify him with our voices right now. Let's sing together. Thank you.